Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University. Welcome to the Echo Podcast, where we talk about faith and life questions that young adults and really people in general are facing. And today I'm joined by two good friends of mine, Luke and Casey. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And Luke, let's start with you. All right. So I'm Luke Kendall, and I'm a junior in the nursing program at Southern. Cool. And Casey? I'm Casey, and I am a pastor here in the greater Charlotte area, and I have two cats. You have two cats? I thought you had one cat. I got a kitten because he was really lonely when I was gone. Things that don't surprise me. <laughs> um, I have a lot of friends that like they they got one cat and then I start here. The, the second that someone posts about them finding a stray or seeing a stray cat like in their neighborhood or something, I'm like, all right, I give it a month. <laughs> I give it a month and that cat's yours. You've named it. You've got all of its shots and you've like officially adopted it. <laughs> He um, was lonely. See, this is exactly how this happens. <laughs> yep. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I just think it's funny. Um, my mom is the exact same way. Every I could I could guess that once every eight months or so, <laughs> for a few years there, my mom would come home with a new cat uh, that she found <laughs> or that someone else found and wanted to find a home for. <laughs> this is how I grew up with four dogs and five cats. And that is the perfect some way birds. to grow up. I'm allergic to dogs and cats, <laughs> so it's actually not. Um, I thought I thought that I couldn't breathe through my nose for like I just thought I was a mouth breather, <laughs> and that I had terrible asthma and would go through an inhaler like in two weeks. And then I went to college away from home for the and for the first time I didn't have to carry my inhaler on me and I could breathe through my nose for the first time in my 18 years of life. And then it all dawned on me and I went. Oh, right. The animals were trying to kill me by just existing. So in my home. And uh, so that's Ryan's story of his how he is a miracle that he lived to be 18. Um, so today I am excited to have you both on as we talk about difficult questions and trying to find answers. And, and what do we do when we can't find an answer or the answer that we get doesn't seem to satisfy us? So a, a simple answer. Um, example of a question that has an answer that doesn't satisfy me is whenever I ask someone, which do you like better, Moe's or Chipotle? And they say anything other than Chipotle. Um, then I go, that doesn't satisfy me. That's actually the wrong answer. Um, so that's how I feel about that kind of thing. But no, in faith questions, it's different. It's this, this, if this is the official explanation, this, you know, this may leave too many holes or gaps in my mind, or I just don't buy it. Right. Yeah. It just seems too fin fantastical or or too improbable that I can't that, I, that, that the answer just I, doesn't seem like that's a good answer. Right. So um, I want to I want to address both issues, both when I can't find one and when I get one that I don't like. And I think we'll start with the one I don't like. So if I'm if I'm a young adult or I'm just a person trying to ask questions about my faith and I'm doubt and I have some doubts that I'm trying to work through, honestly, um, and I keep being told answers that I just don't find satisfying what what do you say to that how do you respond to that or are you in that boat and have you been told answers that that aren't satisfying to you i can't go on this um so recently i went through a, a huge crisis of faith where i realized i didn't have answers that i thought i had mm. and i i for a while there i was christian in act only and didn't want anything to do with god because there was these big questions that i had that i didn't 
that when I asked them, like, I went through a really extremely painful experience that I really felt God had led me into. And so it was very confusing for me. And, and I felt like God had just kind of like, yeah, well, I'm going to lead you into this painful thing and then see ya. I was like, you, there's so many questions associated. So good God, bad world became very personal for me. Mm. And it made me, I was angry. I was hurt. And the whole, well, everything has a reason. I wanted to punch people in the face when they told me I that. I understand that. Because it's like, or, or, or you'll understand someday or, and then it was like, well, God had a reason. So God is like a sadist who has to lead us through extremely painful things yeah. just so that we can become a better person. So that's, that's one thing that I went through really recently. And, and that was a question that I had that the answers were extremely unsatisfactory. Gotcha. Luke, anything mm-hmm. from your end? It's okay. If not, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know your life. Fair point. Um, yeah, like whenever I get answers like that or, you know, disagree with the answers, like I don't think that's the right one or that's not good enough, like usually have to take a step back and it takes a while for me to like process the answer I'm given because I have to understand it entirely so that I can like evaluate how I feel about it really because, you know, your surface level impression of the answer not always right mm-hmm. yeah because sometimes just going over the answer and like looking at the reasoning behind it um changes my perspective on it sometimes and i'm like mm-hmm. oh i guess that does make sense or oh yeah i guess that's right well and i that think i think the the other side of that too is a lot of times our response to an answer that's given to us is it's unsatisfactory because it just feels like the person is trying to write us off yeah or the source <laughs> is trying to write us off right so they it may be that the the actual the person that gave the answer was disrespectful to me and that calls into question the credibility of their answer. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that like I've had to gut check myself to say like, okay, hold up. Do I, you know, if I do feel like they're writing me off, then yeah, that's not a good answer. If they are actually writing me off, they just don't want to deal with it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could very well be that um, that answer. The other thing I've learned is that different people prioritize different things. Mm-hmm. And so it, that may be a good enough answer for someone else even if it's not for me. Um, so an example here. Um, I'm not saying I disagree with the Adventist interpretation of a literal seven-day creation, but to me, my faith isn't rocked if a literal seven-day creation did or didn't happen the, that exact way, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's not the big faith breaker to me. And I don't even think the Sabbath has to fully hinge on a literal seven-day. It, it does for now, which is fine. I don't think it... I don't think it that's just me personally. If we yeah. lose that... It's not that doesn't make or break my faith is what I'm saying. But for someone else, that could be everything to them. Mm-hmm. And so they need the answers there. And the answers that, that we provide for that um, are enough for them. And that's OK. It just I just have to know that, yeah, we prioritize different things. And so they may not prioritize the thing that I prioritize. So they may not have a well thought out answer for it. Mm-hmm. When I was a pastor, when I was full time pastoring, I realized that, like, I never cared about eating like pork or you know, bacon or, or anything or like unclean meats. Right. I never cared about that because I never liked them. I'd had pepperoni by accident one time or, and, and, um, I'd even tried lobster once without like, and then I went like, Oh, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I didn't like it. And so I'd never cared about the actual biblical reasons for why we don't eat them because in my life it didn't matter. Yeah. But then I became a pastor and suddenly people were asking me like, Oh, so why? And I was like, 
Oh, right. I should probably know the answer <laughs> to that. Right. So I don't have a well thought out answer for the things that just weren't a big deal to me. Right. So I think there's something there in the way we respond to questions that matters. Um, but so when you for your faith crisis, and I'm not asking you to share like That's in fine. detail, but um, what were some of the things that helped you get to an answer? Or how did you when, when you were given answers that didn't satisfy you? How did you move in a direction for answers that did? It took a lot of time. Uh, in the beginning, when I went through this and I realized that my own theology of why God would allow us to go through really painful experiences that like literally break us as people, I realized that I didn't have good answers. So that's kind of where I started. And then I started asking questions because I was not nearly, and people were like, oh, you know, go to the Bible and search out the answer. I was not in a frame of mind where that was going to happen mm. because I was angry at the one who, who, you know, wrote the Bible. And so there was no way I was going to go to that person for answers. I needed some, and I tend to be extremely rational, analytical person, so I needed some logic before I was going to trust again. Yeah. And so, and so the first step was going to people like my parents or other people that I trusted and being like, okay, I need an explanation for why this happened or why God would allow it or why God would lead me into something that would end up be so painful. And of course, they give like, you know, the pat answers for the most part. And that's when I really realized that's the point where I started to question my faith altogether. Like, if this is what it is, I don't know that I want any part of it. If God is who these people say he is, I want no part of it. Mm. And so at that point, I took a step back from religion as a whole. And I was like, I need to reevaluate. And I knew for me, this the second phase, I knew I was going to end up back. Like, I knew that because of Pascal's wager, which, you know, says... If there is no God, then I haven't lost anything. But if there is a God and I turn my back, I've lost everything. So I knew because of that alone, I would come back to religion. But I had to take time and I took months. And even now I'm just coming up on the tail end of that where mm -hmm. I'm coming back and being like, I had to take time to be willing to ask questions and then to find the answers on my own and to ask other people as well. I don't, it's just, it's a process, honestly. Yeah. And I would I would say even like so Pascal's wager is something that for a lot of people they don't they don't buy it they're like that's not valid enough but for you it it is it, it, it's, it's something it's surely rational and it makes sense to me yeah so mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that like right. I, I I and I think that some of well I disagree with that okay <laughs> find <laughs> your own you. yeah good good for you like it's it's it is about the things that are a priority to you and sometimes you don't have control over what is a priority to you yeah um sometimes it's sometimes you realize like I, you hear something you go oh i don't like that and you didn't choose not to like it you just didn't like it um sometimes it's just biologically the way we're wired yeah exactly so um what if um yeah what if i feel like people are just dismissing or writing me off with the questions they give um, is what is the role of the community in in the journey of, of finding the answers to the questions about God and faith that we have? Um, well, when you you know you feel like someone's you know ignoring your question or writing it off, you have to kind of go back to the question and see if they really were. You know, like again, evaluating is key in a lot of things, but sometimes like maybe rephrase your question to emphasize what you think is actually important, so that if they're truly caring about you know your question they'll know where to focus their answer and not just be giving a blanket statement because if you ask a pointed question then it's easier to answer yeah. what's actually being asked than a yeah. broad question they don't know necessarily yeah. i think um i think the other the other thing that that leads us to questions that 
we don't like or, or the answers that we don't like or they don't satisfy us is is our motivation and not wanting to like the answer too. There are there are times where we're afraid of the answer mm -hmm. and we don't want it to be what it is. Mm -hmm. And so we say that doesn't satisfy me because I'm not comfortable. And there are some realities that are just not comfortable. And I think accepting I had a friend of mine my freshman year at Southern where he and I would go up, we're both theology majors. We'd go up to the library like every night and we would just study. We'd pull up commentaries and we'd, we'd look for these answers to these questions. And he was baptized while we had a lot of the same views on things. He was baptized in a non Adventist church and um, had found real community there. And he struggled with the lack of community he was finding in Adventism in mm -hmm. his experience. And so every time we would ask questions that challenged our doctrines, even if I came to like a solid, like, yes, this is like, this is the answer. He'd be like, oh no, we got to keep searching. Like there's got to be. And what I realized was he didn't want it to be that. He, wa he was looking for, he was looking for a specific answer, which is a justification to go back to his non-Adventist community yeah. and, and, and thrive there. And that's and what ultimately he ended up doing. And there was yeah. nothing I could do. I was frustrated, but I realized like, yeah, he's looking for something specific here. And so I think mm -hmm. checking your motivations is another thing that you can do when it comes to um, and others can help check your motivations yeah. and call you on it too. So what about when I can't find the answers? What about when I'm just searching and searching and I don't, I haven't found anything yet? I didn't find the answer to my question. Not a good one. Hmm. Um, would you say you're still seeking or would you say that you put it on pause for now? I put it on pause because I came to the point where I understood enough for me personally about who God was that I had some of the out outlying questions answered but the the whole the whole question of of ultimately why god would allow evil is still it doesn't make sense to me it, it there's just no part of it that makes sense but i understand the thing that i settled on for me was i understand that i have a finite mind and god is infinite and his reasons are often infinite so i'm banking on the fact that i better get a good answer when i go to heaven mm. <laughs> like that better be there and i don't like when people say well just wait to heaven and you'll get a good answer there because like that's i had to come there on my own yeah and i also accept that sometimes the answers come later in life when we've understood more and i know that i do trust god and i do believe in god and ultimately just came down to that but that had to be my own process because people told me in the beginning just trust god you know do you trust god i'm like nope no, he led me into something that was extremely painful. No, I don't trust him. Mm. And so mm. for me, what it ended up when there was a question I didn't answer is coming back and learning to trust God on my own, in my own way, not in a pat answer mm -hmm. kind of way, but in a way it's like, I will, I will gamble on this. Yeah. And I'll, I will, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a gamble and I'll come back to you and I'll, I'm willing for you to show me God who you really are, not who I've been told you are. And that for me, that's for me personally, what I finally had to do with the question is just table it. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. For me, I'm more of like a concrete thinker. So not finding like a specific answer is ends up being like an issue for me. And so when I don't get the answer or maybe I didn't, it's just abstract and I don't really think that way. So it doesn't, it doesn't work. And like, mm -hmm. I don't see that as an answer, just maybe a stepping stone, even though it is the answer. It's always an issue where usually it ends up getting table and I'll like think through it every now and then and eventually I'll rationalize it and then or hopefully, you know, some things I'm still working on, but like I'll rationalize something and then I'm satisfied with the answer at that point. But it's usually like a couple months down the line I'll be thinking it's like, huh. 
still didn't figure that one out and, you know, be going through the things and then comparing it, you know, against my different experiences mm. and then trying to make sense of it from there. Yeah. I, um, I think we've lost the, the beauty of waiting. Um, I think we, we want the answer right now and we're used to getting answers and, and especially in a time where now like students in class can fact check their teacher on the spot. They just pull out their phone and Google and then they go, uh, you're wrong. Uh, just found this article that says this other thing, right? So, um, there, there, we've lost the, the value of waiting or the, the, the perspective of waiting and saying like, you don't need the answer to a question, right? This now there are some where you do need it right away. And in a crisis of faith, it is a crisis. And what I don't want to say is if you can't find an answer, well, you know, just accept that there are some questions you don't get the answer to. That is true. There Mm -hmm. are some questions you won't have the answer to right away. But at the same time, I don't say that to write off the real questions you have. The idea is that you mm-hmm. keep searching. Yeah. Um, you keep um, hunting. And, and, and for me, the biggest thing for me is that I have faith that one day the answer, I will find the answer. It's kind of the way that I do, the way that I see it is I, I was talking with some friends about some gender differences between men and women. And uh, one of the things they said was men are men, when they lose something, it's a completely different thing than when women lose something. <laughs> They were like, when women lose something, I don't know how accurate this is, but the second half of it is like the, the way that men do it is the way that I handle questions in faith too, um, whether for better or for worse. When women lose something, they're going to tear apart the whole place yeah. and they're going to find it. If it's important. Yeah. If it's important. Men, no matter what it is, it could be a baby. <laughs> and we'll be like, yeah, it'll turn up. <laughs> I'll find it tomorrow. Yeah, probably. I'll find it tomorrow. Um, like every time I lose something, I think, yeah, I'll feel- I'll find it somewhere. And if it's gone forever, I'm like, well, it's gone forever. Like I had a name badge that has a magnet on the inside of my shirt, but the magnet broke. And so I looked down and I realized that my name tag is gone. And then I realized, I'm like, wait, where's the magnet? My shirt was tucked in. So the magnet was chilling like right above my belt line, just in my shirt. Right. But I was like, I thought for a second, I was like, well, that's gone. Like <laughs> if it turns out yeah. cool, but that's gone. That's, um, that's a very relaxed if I, way if I lose my phone or my keys, I'm like, I'll find it. Like, Definitely find it. Lose my wallet all the time. I'll find it. Um, and I found it every time. Um, I've never lost a wallet. And so I misplaced it. Yes. Never lost it. Right. Um, but that's kind of how I handle faith questions, too. I'm like, look, I, if it is a priority, I'll make it one. But ultimately, I'm like, I know that I'll find an answer to this. And I'm not worried about it right now. And so if I and I don't I have other things that are more important to me right this second than finding this answer. So I'm going to wait and chill. And I trust that, yeah, God is going to reveal himself and make himself known with that answer in his time. And and I I saw this quote on Twitter the other day of this idea that God isn't bound by time or the same rules. So God is never late because by definition, he can't be if he's not bound by time. This idea of God shows up right when God is supposed to. And whether you agree or disagree with the nuance of like those specific wording, the idea is God isn't going to be late. God's going to be when he need, where, where he needs to be and yeah. when he needs to be there. And, and so for me, I've just kind of chilled and relaxed and I see the way that he's answered stuff in my past and that mm-hmm. carries me forward. Mm-hmm. So any final thoughts from you guys on this and, and finding, you know, difficult or dealing with difficult questions, words of encouragement you would give to someone in that boat. Just hang in there. Honestly, be allow yourself and this is probably heretical. I don't know. Allow yourself to leave if you need to at some level and to come back on your own time. Because forcing yourself to stay or forcing yourself to come back when you're not ready. Like, I mean, people were asking me so, like, you know, different people who knew about it were like, so are you doing your devotions every day again? And I'm like, nope. 
And I didn't want to. So forcing myself to do that at the time would have been really detrimental. So allow mm-hmm. yourself time to think and space to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Don't force yourself. Mm. Yeah. Luke, anything from you? Yeah. You just like kind of going off what we've been saying. You have to give it the time to work itself out. But some things are just ineffable. Like you're not going to figure it out exactly or maybe even really understand it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you give it time, things tend to work themselves out like you were saying. Yeah. And, and I would agree with that. I, I might, um, I might not necessarily balance it, but, but add the nuance Temper of like, it. um, but also you're wrong. No, um, <laughs> I might, I might nuance it to, to basically say that, um, in some cases when we do step away, we don't give it any more priority. Yeah. Like there are times where I, when I stepped away from church and I thought, I'll do it on my own. I, Jesus, not, not church, right? Jesus, not religion. Yeah. And then I realized that I wasn't interacting with my faith anymore because mm-hmm. I had stepped out. And so I think you, each person has to decide for themselves, do I need to keep the routine because the routine is the only thing that's going to help me to keep yeah. studying this? Yeah. Or do I need a break from the routine because the routine is preventing me? Yeah. Or, exactly. or damaging me. Sense. So that's the question that's I think you have to ask. But I agree wholeheartedly. If you need to take a step back, take the step back. God is big enough to handle your anger and your yes, doubt absolutely. and your tears and your screams, all of it. He's big enough for it. Um, so to anyone who's in that tension right now and, and living in that reality of, hey, you got questions you don't know the answer to. I do. I know I have some questions that I'm wrestling with and everyone here just nodded. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that they also do. Or they're thinking, yeah, he definitely has some things we need to figure out. Um, look, if you're in that boat, um, we are praying for you and we hope that you can stay strong and, and keep moving forward and, and um, do what you need to do to take care of yourself and to preserve your faith and, and to preserve yourself and your health. Um, but thank you so much for joining with us through this. Thank you, Casey and Luke, for, for being guests today. And um, if you want to check out more content for Echo or any of the other young adult content that the Carolina Conference is producing, head on over to theprojectrefresh.org. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment. This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University.